comes over the top to keep it alive. Bruce beats a handball through. Howe will get a look on his left. Snaps Garwood and puts it through. Maybe now a chance for the Hawks. Mitchell to fall away handball. Here's Lewis off to Bruce for three in a row. Lewis, Jekka, Oliver, Hibbert through the hands of Brayshaw. Picked up by Mitchell. Flying shot at goal. He's good. Hardigan, low ball inside 50. Hawks have ground level. Here's Moore. Gives it off. A spirited Hawthorne side took the fight to Premiership contenders Melbourne, ultimately forcing a draw. But of course, the footy media was already bored with the really pleasing performance by the time Monday rolled around, preferring instead to indulge in more gossip and more innuendo. Well, here at the Hawk Talk Podcast, we're covering the lot. We're celebrating the draw, we're looking at these eyebrow-raising reports, and we're previewing the club's next big game against Adelaide. Welcome once again to another big show. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, how have you been enjoying the coverage this week? Uh, the coverage has been poor, but the result was excellent. I couldn't have asked for anything more other than being in attendance with all those sad and forlorn <laughs> Melbourne supporters wondering just how, how on earth... Are they the only team to draw with 17th? That is the largest differential ever. They had us on toast at points and then they didn't. And the Hawthorne players, they just decided they wanted it more. And they were so close to bringing off a victory that would have seen us probably miss out on pick one. And I mean, we probably will now anyway. We're dodging the wooden spoon. They don't want it. But what it said to me was all this shit that Caro's been carrying on about, Kane, uh, Barrett, Whatever. The players don't care. Clyco's still there. He's still the best coach in the comp, and they're prepared to play for him. I thought it was all about the players this week. I didn't think it was about Clyco. I thought it was about the players deciding that they wanted to beat Melbourne because Melbourne aren't as good as they think they are. No, it is. What it says, actually, is that the Clarkson succession plan was a bad idea. Uh, That was my demo impression. Did you like it? I did, but you need better glasses. Uh, This is the unenviable spot that Hawthorne will be in for the next 18 months, is that whenever we win, it's going to be, oh, Clarko's still got it. What what have they done? Oh, no. And if we lose, it'll be like, oh, the succession plan, they're struggling to work together. What's going on at Hawthorne? It's just the biggest crock ever. Now do Caro. I don't have that kind of negativity in me, Tiz. It's just... There is no one else in the in the entire footy media landscape that has a dedicated segment to putting people and clubs on blast every week. It is so cynical and mean-spirited. It is shocking. Does she even like football? I don't even know anymore. It is a terrible segment on a terrible show, and that's all I want to say about Footy Classified. I, I'm, I'm done with it. And you know why it is? You know why I'm not buying into it anymore? Is because... In the midst of all this stuff, all this drama and gossip and innuendo, I listened to Sam Mitchell talk on SEN and I felt good about my club again. It was an oasis. It felt nice that someone wasn't dumping on my club. I felt positive about the future of Hawthorne. And it was the guy that's going to be taking this club forward. He's going to be coaching this club. And that's all I need right now. That's all I need. I don't need this this extra noise that contributes nothing but trying to bring us all down. Yeah, his his commitment to the club was 
obvious. He loves the club. He explained the decisions he had to make after the board had decided that they wouldn't be extending Clarkson's contract and and uh, how this all came about. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a better fracker and uh, egos were dented and hurt. And But the way she's carrying on, it, it's like she just wants to see it fail. It, it's very schoolyard rumours and uh, it's very unconvincing and... And quite boring, to be quite frank. Oh, it doesn't contribute anything to the discourse, really, when you think about it. Oh, they're not getting on? What, did you think it was going to be perfect? I mean, you've got, as you say, like three enormous egos. Sam Mitchell has an ego. Don't you worry about that. He definitely does. Clarkson does. And God knows Jeff does. So, (laughs) look, hang on. There's three combustible elements. Caro used to go at Clarko for having uh, ego problems in the past. And as a result, Kennett basically came back to the club to sort of stem Clarko, who was apparently running amok, uh, according to Caro. You know, so you've got three highly ambitious fellas at the top, and it's the envy of the comp to have something like that. You don't get that very often. And they're all pushing for Hawthorne to be better. And as a supporter, you can't ask for much more, other than they be transparent in their decisions. And I think they've been transparent enough I don't think it needs Caro poking her nose in, telling us that uh, what what she alleged that um, Clarko called Reeves something as they left the room. I mean, five people were there, and she's she's pointing out that Ray McLean was there, and it's kind of you, you're going, oh Ray, I wouldn't have mentioned him in the same sentence. But leading teams, my goodness, you know they'd be wondering what who the hell. Well, Hawthorne would be having a talk to leading teams about how Caro found out all this stuff, wouldn't they? And leading teams would be pointing at Hawthorne going, it's probably your blokes. What's really interesting is that Sam Mitchell was so impressive uh, when he jumped on uh, Waitley's show on SEN. He was so impressive in discussing this stuff, so intellectual and articulate and level-headed that really it, it... challenged caro and irritable don't forget irritable absolutely irritable and fair enough <laughs> uh but it challenged caro to to return serve again like well what else you got because i've refuted everything you've said what are you going to do caroline wilson you're going to double down and she did but it got to the point where it became a little bit desperate and she threw in a little bit of a tidbit that she did in monday night and that was a th- the thing that clarko was alleged to have said about reeves heading into their press conference which was he was a spineless so and so decided to throw that one in but inadvertently revealed the source it's got to be leading teams so thanks for fixing that leak caro i mean it could be it was very unconvincing from caro but my point would be you know um justin might have said Actually, Jeff, you should probably talk to the media first. And Clarko could have gone, bang, you know. It could be anything. It's totally out of context. Justin Reeves was scrolling through Instagram and uh, he was looking at um, some holiday snaps and there was one of a jellyfish and he showed it to Clarko and Clarko said, spineless f***. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's what happened. All right, problem solved. We move on. It's not going to change anything, is it? And... You know, if it did upset the apple cart for the players last week and we saw a below-par performance against Frio, uh, they righted it this week and they came out ears steaming and after quarter time, of course, we don't want to play four quarters, but after quarter time, they were very good. (laughs) 
Now it's time to talk about the draw. No one else wants to. None of the footy media wanted to. They were all happy to move on, but we're going to revisit it because why not? Aiden, hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod. Was I dreaming or did that draw really happen? How <laughs> good did it feel? Well, it was a dream for us, but it would have been a nightmare for Melbourne fans. Did you see the contrast in the scenes after the final siren? <laughs> They were devastated. It was such good viewing. Oh, they were. Hawthorne was up and about, all smiles. Yeah, well, I I was very impressed with the forward line, actually. I thought Bruce, with that last kick, it's just great to see the whole team working as one to get the task done. We We had a glimmer of hope coming there, and knowing what happened earlier in the year where they blew us away in the final quarter... Oh, they said they weren't going to have that. And despite below-par efforts from a few of the guys that generally turn up every week, um, the younger fellows were showing up and getting it done. And we were, we were lacking serious talent on the half-back line, which is how we move the ball generally. But, yeah, oh, it's just fantastic. Against a midfield that's rated the best in the league to get the draw, I know it's not a win. If it had been a win... It might have been as enjoyable, Nick. It's funny to say that, but... (laughs) I'm totally on the same page with you. And honestly, for Melbourne, I'd grade them an F. Considering the amount of talent that Hawthorne had out, and it was just inexcusably bad from a team that is meant to be contending. Hawthorne showed them up. The Hawks outworked them, out-hunted them. I mean, what, like plus 20-something in the tackle count? The spirit, the, just the overall fight and the pluckiness of this young Hawthorne side that's looking a bit makeshift these days with our injuries, uh, it was very impressive. And look, everyone online, all, all the socials were so excited and so pleased with the performance. And I was right there with them. Well, leading the line, obviously, Tom Mitchell. That was an incredible performance against the best mids in the comp. Yeah, recorded the most touches and metres gained of any player out there. 39 disposals in all, 610 metres gained, and a team high at six clearances, and kicked one goal one. You can't ask for much more than that. It was a stellar game. And then you had a young kid, well, not young, what is he, 23? But he's early in his AFL career, 18 disposals, and he doesn't seem to waste it at all. It's amazing to watch Lockie Bramble do his stuff. I would need to look this up, but he's got to be averaging plus 80% disposal efficiency in his game so far. It's got to be up there. It's just very, very impressive. He looks like a Rolls Royce out there, and he's, he's hardly had any exposure. You know, he ran at 88 or 89% disposal efficiency, and for a player to be able to do that, you know, it just makes everyone else look so much cleaner. You can run to space. You can depend on him getting you the ball. You don't have to hesitate. Uh, that is exactly the type of thing that will carry us forward much more quickly. And I wanted to point out a bloke you put on blast, I think at half time, because we were doing the spaces on Twitter, or did you do it at, or did you do it before the game? We did three of them. Pre-game, uh, halftime and post-game spaces on Twitter, where basically it was a Hawk talkback we introduced. Yeah, I enjoyed it actually, hearing from a few people. Um, Tommy Phillips. He uh, he really upped his work rate, didn't he? <laughs> there was a couple of people that made me look a bit foolish by the final siren. That was Tom Phillips and Mitch Lewis, who I think turned in really impressive second-half performances. And, uh, yeah, they, they were huge. They were, they were big factors in, in the result in the end. I mean, Mitch Lewis hadn't had any game time. True. And it showed in that first half. He was off the pace. He was slow to the contest. The rhythm wasn't there. 
And then he went, remember, he went for a, uh, a huge leap of a mark and was about, oh, I don't know, a day early. <laughs> <laughs> it, was quite, it was quite funny to watch. And I did feel for him because obviously, you know, I think he'd had that game against the, um, the Kangaroos slash Carlton in the VFL scratch match or something. You know, and you're just looking at him going, oh, man, you're not really getting a chance. Connor Nash was a laid out, of course, and you were giving it to me for that and telling me, you know, it'll be all right. Hawthorne will be okay without him. Don't worry too much, you know, and telling me stuff like um, maybe if you'd played, we'd have won. <laughs> I never said that. It's <laughs> <laughs> absolute lies. <laughs> oh, I just... Uh... Yeah, I'm keen to see if he makes the lineup this week because it, it is. You can't. Re- can you really change this lineup? Well, there has been some changes. We'll get to that soon uh, in our preview of the Adelaide game. But his replacement, uh, James Cousins, came in for Nash. And I thought he played his role. 20 touches in the end. He still had that even split of good and bad moments. He still had those frustrating bits. And I feel it's still really hard to make a call on his future. I think the midfield depth might save him, but it's hard to know. But that's his best game. Full stop, ever. Do you think so? Absolutely. He had five tackles as well. He was attacking and defensive-minded. I rate that as his best game. Yeah, so I've heard a few people say that. I reckon I couldn't name a game off the top of my head, but I swear he's played better than that. Anyway, it was a really serviceable game. He was a definitely a contributor. Sean Burgoyne turned back the clock, looked good. You know, it was just a very honest game from all the players. Everyone put their hand up. Uh, Dylan Moore played well. I thought Damon Greaves played his role quite well. Uh, Ned Reeves, how good is it to see a young bloke stick it to Gorney? Absolutely. Who looked like he didn't know what had hit him for a lot of that match. He was running around like a headless chook, watching him run after Bramble and then push him over when the ball has... What was that? Dog act. If that had been a Melbourne player that McAvoy had done that to, that is... 50 metres into the square for a free kick. Absolute garbage from the umps. Daniel Howe played very well, got our first goal. Lovely goal too. And I thought Kyle Hardigan and Tim O'Brien, who played, I think, the second most uh, minutes of the match, um, just incredible. We had a Ranger squad in defence, Tiz. DGB, TOB and Damon Greaves. I thought they each did pretty well, actually. I mean, who was T.O.B. on? Was he was he holding Tom McDonald? Isn't Frosty a ranger? Is Frosty a ranger? Do you count him? Yeah, I don't know. I always thought he was. Anyway, um, I thought T.O.B. was just um, marshalling defence and making sure no one got any easy marks. And I thought it was excellent how they made sure Gorn, that they avoided him at all costs, basically. He had very little influence when last time it was just Gorn ball. At long last, they avoided Max Gorn. Incredible. Or at the very least, they had McAvoy and Reeves there to neutralise it. So if we do kick in that direction, we have two enormous men just chopping it down and, and getting the ground ball, which apparently Melbourne hate. They don't want to do the in and under. We saw that. They certainly didn't want to do it in our forward line. Yeah, now in and unders, all very well, right? And you got a bit of tap work, you got a bit of class in the back line from DGB, just doing what he likes. You never feel uncomfortable when he's got the ball. Wonderful to have two players like that enter the lineup late in the season, DGB and Bramble, who can do that. But then you're looking for a bit of X factor. You're looking for a guy that thinks of something not many other players are going to think of. And that's Brockman. Wow. That little kickback 
to centre the ball. I forget who kicked the goal, but I love that moment. I think it was Mitch Lewis. It was Mitch, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think Brockman could have had two goal assists. I know that Lewis kicked his goal. He also centred it to Cozzy, who I think might have missed. Uh, Two goal assists and um, four tackles. Uh, And Dylan Moore had six tackles. You know, it's... (laughs) Do you want to know who led our tackles, though? Is it Burgoyne? It is Sean Burgoyne. (laughs) He was very good. He had some really important defensive efforts. Incredibly handy when it came down to the crunch, of course. 13 important touches. And, uh, yeah, he, he led with uh, a team-high nine tackles. And, unfortunately, we'll get to the team soon, but he was uh, he's missed this week. I hope, he, I hope they make him medical sub. He deserves it. Surpass Kevin Bartlett's uh, career games tally in the cheapest way possible. Cue the new uh, articles about all that again. Yep. Anyway, I thoroughly enjoyed that evening in front of the telly. And it definitely was a prime time match. We went into this match thinking, you know, how far. And uh, so did Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) A draw, and you were saying this off mic. I have to credit you with this, but purgatory, basically, is where they ended up. A draw is nothing. It's neither here nor there. And isn't that just perfect for Melbourne? Just hapless in mediocrity, as they should be. It'd be hard to, I know we've got some talent coming back in off the injury list, but um, if you don't go as hard as some of these boys went this week, you're not going to stay in the lineup. And that'll be the perfect time to take a break. When we come back after the social media stuff and a few really important plugs that we want to get to, we will be previewing the game against Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. So it's been a while since we felt the need to insert an advertisement into the middle of the pod, mate. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's just a few things to plug, a few things I want to get across. Uh, I mean, first things first, we'll just get the usual stuff out of the way. You can get on Apple Podcasts, rate and review our show there. If you haven't done so already, it really does make a big difference in helping other hawkers find our show. And we'll get to some reviews that people have left later, some very nice words indeed. You can find us on Twitter too, at HawkTalkPod. The climb towards 2,800 followers is on. Now, you mentioned this before, Tiz. We, uh, we embarked on a bit of a, an experimental thing with Twitter. Uh, we did a, a Twitter Spaces thing, which is basically, you know, we're, we're doing the show live in, in, in a sense. I mean, we did a, a pre-game space. We did a halftime and post-match. It's just like radio, but on Twitter, and you join the, the cast, and then you can request to speak. And uh, we usually let people ask a question. There's not much filtering. No, it's a very loose format. I mean, this is our first time doing it. And yeah, I mean, we dubbed it Hawk Talkback. That's basically what it is. It's Talkback Radio via Twitter. And uh, we'll do it again. We'll do it again for this match. So uh, pre-game, half-time, post-match, you can jump on board and you know, hear us ramble on about you know our thoughts on the game. And we want to hear from you too. We want to take questions. So look out for that. That's a, that's a Twitter thing. Twitter spaces. So look out for that. That'll be up where I think they call them fleets. God, I sound like a million years old. Anyway, <laughs> you'll be able to find it and we'll, we'll give it a plug on the night. So join us over on Twitter, at Pod for some of that action. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram. And to support what we do, of course, and score some sweet bonus content in the process, you can head to Patreon. Now, we're hitting record on a new bonus episode this weekend. So if you subscribe at the uh, specific tier that gets you that stuff, then you'll get access to that bonus episode that we're recording. But now it is something new. Something completely new to plug. Oh, good. This segment gets longer every week. Let's go. (laughs) It does. But we've got merch. It's official. The merch has dropped. We've got Hawk Talk podcast. Well, all sorts of things. Shirts and hoodies and journals and phone covers. All sorts of things via redbubble.com. 
We've got a storefront there. So all you have to do is search Hawk Talk Podcast and you'll find the few designs that we've uploaded already. We've been talking about it for so long. You know, you'd been there going, we should have a merch store. I've got all these ideas. I'm like, don't don't think, Nick. Don't hope. Jew! And that is one of the best <laughs> designs. I'm getting that. They don't do caps, unfortunately, but I'm going to get that on a T-shirt or something because it's just subtle enough. And it's also classic Hawthorne. I love it. Full disclosure, I'm currently wearing our merch. I'm wearing the Will Day t-shirt, the uh, stained glass Will Day t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Take that to church on Sundays, won't you, Nick? They'll love that. Well, when we're allowed back, the MCG is our church and Will Day is our patron saint. It, it is good fun. And it's actually, we chose Redbubble because they do good stuff. Um, we could have had them made ourselves and flogged them and made a bit more out of it. But um, no, they're, they're just well manufactured, aren't they, Nick? They come from... All different spots around the world, don't they? Yeah, they they do. And I've been I've been shopping with Redbubble personally for years, so I vouch for their quality. And if you want to get a t shirt, go the essential t shirt. There's my tip. They feel lovely and soft and uh, brilliant stuff. Anyway, that's it. The plug's done. Out of the way. We're ready to move on with the episode now. Redbubble.com. Search Hawk Talk Podcast. You find the merch that we've got there and uh, check it out. So, big news, Nick. We're favourites uh, coming into this game. Hawthorne versus Adelaide at Marvel. Well, after last week, I should hope so. If we turn in that kind of performance again, this should be no problem. So, uh, were you rooting for North last week? Out of character, it would have been, but there's a little bit of you going for him. You just completely reminded, this is completely off the cuff. It's not in the rundown, listeners. But uh, I was playing the, uh, the game Rocket League. I play Rocket League on PlayStation. I, I was doing a bit of one-on-one. I was doing a duel, okay? So I'm playing Rocket League. Tiz is looking at me like, what the hell is this about? He has no idea where this is going. And then I noticed who the user was. The username was NMFC1996-1999. I moved to the edge of my seat, leaned a bit closer, and destroyed him. <laughs> You're such a deal. <laughs> Oh, man. The pettiness runs so deep. I really do not like that club. Uh, no, I did not pay attention to what North Melbourne were doing. I mean, they're going to win the spoon, aren't they? Yeah. We're almost out of the running for it, surely. Yeah, we must be very close now. It does mean that we're out of the running for Horn, though, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, look, if you're going to play like we did against Melbourne, I have no worries about getting pick two, who... We'll be very good anyway. Pridgey, one of our listeners at Hawk Talk Body, wants to know if Horn isn't available, who do we take? Now, I've got to be honest, full disclosure, I've not really looked into it that closely, but Finn Callahan would probably be the guy at this point. Yeah, He's, he should be picked too, you'd imagine. So, you know, it's it's much of a muchness. How many pick ones can you rattle off that worked out? So I'm just looking at the changes here. Um, some interesting ones. I had a feeling that our three inclusions would be pretty huge. Uh, Hardwick, Scrimshaw, Wingard have walked into the side. Out goes Burgoyne. Hmm, maybe a little bit unfair. Uh, Jekka. Jekka's the one I have the big problem with. I would have given him more of a chance. And uh, Damon Greaves, perhaps a bit unlucky in his own right. Well, I think if Hardwick comes back in, you've got to drop Greaves. Um, Scrimshaw, obviously that's Burgoyne's spot, I suppose. And uh, Wingard. Well, you, did you think we were too tall the other night? Because... Apparently we weren't. Well, apparently we weren't. And it's interesting to see uh, what the Bulldogs have done at their selection table this week to take on Melbourne. They've gone extremely tall. They've given Caleb Daniel stilts. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? 
God, that moment of Ruffy playing on Caleb Daniel was so funny, wasn't it? That was excellent. He wore him like a backpack. Anyway. <laughs> He's gone full Empire Strikes Back. Have you seen that film, Tiz? No. Oh, jeez. Yoda, Luke Skywalker? No. Anyway, uh, our emergencies this game. Greaves, Nash. Your boy Nash has uh, is got a spot in the emergencies. Burgoyne and Jekka. Yeah, a bit of a shame for Jekka. I thought he played well. Now, we heard from uh, Pitch and Perfect who asks, when and where are we playing? <laughs> Which is a pretty reasonable question. Uh, it's going to be at Marvel Stadium. It's Saturday, 7.40pm. It wasn't always that way. It was looking like we were playing Collingwood at one point. Yeah, I thought we might be playing Collingwood. It did look likely at one point when they shut the borders to SA and it looked like Port would be playing Adelaide. Wouldn't be a bad time to get Collingwood. I think they had about four injuries last week. So anyway, no, we take on Adelaide. Uh, Just a bit of an extra component to Pitch and Perfect's question here. Uh, Wants to know if there's any news on the CJ contract extension. Well, we know that he's at least triggered some kind of extension. But uh, apparently the club's in talks to to go over that again and extend it further. Good. They need to. He's um, been excellent this year. And um, he'll be part of a, a big plan going forward. As as um, Clarko was saying, that your Mitch Lewis is a very big part of their plan. Well, this is the other thing. I, I'm pretty sure Clarko in that same press conference mentioned that Jekka, Lewis and Cozzy with the trio that they want to run with. So I'm a bit bemused to see that Jack is out of the side, to be honest. That was only a week ago he said that. So, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. But I just found that surprising. Uh, the other thing I wanted to note is that Mark McGowan is reporting that Josh Morris has been re-signed for two years. Tank gets two. Excellent. That's um, that's the show of faith, isn't it? That's a big tick for Tank. Well, he stirs a lot of intrigue about what his role's going to be. I don't mind it at all. I'm happy for him to to get that two years and I want to see what his role is going to be if, if is that is it going to be down back is it, is it are they going to persist with him as a forward I I'm really interested to see what they do well I, I mean we watched him at Box Hill play off the half back line and he, he had no trouble with that he's a natural footballer uh he hasn't played that much football at a high level so he needs a lot more experience to actually know how good he can be. He's one of those players. We had a question here from Will at Hook Talk Pod. Will the roof be open or closed? Just kidding. Is the 2015 semi-final your best memory out of our games against the Crows? It'd have to be one of them, but I'm going to have to nominate the 2007 elimination final personally. There's also the 2012 prelim. Don't forget that one with the run-down tackle from Stratton. Oh, yes. Classic moment. And then there's Poppy's winner. In the in the I think that was at the middle week or the last week we won by three points three weeks in a row <laughs> and you know Adelaide seemed to be a little bit of the ones you you just you beat with and and then such a glamorous win down in Tassie early in the year that we were able to see ah uh, yes yes indeed that one that one will always hold a very special place in my heart um, the one that came to mind just now I think it might have been two thousand and eight. Was it uh, the sealer from Hodgie? Oh, over in Adelaide. Where he seemed to just, it was cool hand Luke. Basically time time stopped around him and he just calmly like sold a bit of candy, I think, and then he slotted one. That was that was a brilliant finish. Well, that, that a lot of people feel was the coming of age of that side. Yes, yep. Because we hadn't won in Adelaide for a very long time. And for him to just decide this was his moment and he would take it on his shoulders to kick that goal. Wonderful stuff. I think there might have also been a very stirring victory wearing the Power Rangers Guernsey. It was in Adelaide, and it was the one in which uh, it was a, a siren issue. Oh, where yeah, little Razor didn't bloody hear this. 
heard a siren that wasn't there. Yeah, and it, it would have cost Bruce to goal, I think, in the end. But we won that one too, I believe. So we've had some really good clashes against Adelaide. <laughs> yeah, how, how well is Bruce going, by the way? He's going, to get, he's going to be our leading goal kicker at the end of the year if all things, you know, if he keeps up the pace. Certainly looks like it. He was a joy to watch. He was back to his dangerous best against Melbourne and uh, he was the guy that tied it up. I love it. And the celebration was great too. Oh, some of the photos of that celebration. Love it. We heard from views from the nosebleeds. Uh, Whilst I've always thought you try and win every game with Adelaide and Collingwood in the run home, how do we continue to push the narrative that winning always matters whilst not burning our draft hand? And we had a couple of related questions here. James and Danny both saying things along the same lines. Uh, What do you want to see for the rest of the season in terms of players, wins, tactics and media comms? I want to see more young players. I want to see... Look, we're not going to get that same effort from last week each week, but that has to be the benchmark from now. And that's what you need to demand. So you know that they can do that now and you've got to hold them to it. This is a team that can strive to win, absolutely. I think that is the expectation. You've got to want to win these games and instill a winning culture. But the fact of the matter is we're not quite there yet. If you're worried about winning too many games and hurting our draft hands, we're, we're not in that position yet. We're not going to go on a five-game winning streak to close out the season. We're just, we don't have that in us right now so that'll take care of itself don't worry in the meantime absolutely try and win but i yeah i i don't think we have anything to worry about in terms of burning our draft hand in terms of how you sell it to the media though um <laughs> who who are going to be trying to sniff out some tanking because uh they probably reckon we're doing it anyway oh they're so negative anyway We're not Melbourne. You sell it how it's been sold since pretty much the start of the year. Like, we're trying stuff. We're rebuilding. I think something like Jekka's omission flies in the face of that. It's still mystifying to me. But there's still time enough to introduce guys like, um, you know, are we going to see Pepper ever? Is this the last last chance for him? Is he going to remain on the list? But then you've got guys like Saunders and Callow and... You know, there's options here. I reckon Cozzy, in this breakout season, he probably deserves a rest. And when he gets a rest, that's a prime place to to play Jackson Callow. And what happens with the forlorn Nash, who goes to watch rugby, which should be punished, but probably not as harshly as it has been here? Well, he tested negative, but then he was kept out anyway. I guess they were just being super cautious. We actually had a question from Woz. Can you just talk about Nash for the whole episode? I'm intrigued. Will he play? What position? Can he come good still? Will he survive the end of the year chop? Would another team take the gamble if we delist? Or would he play Gaelic again? How does it end? Oh, wow. Yeah. No, these are the things that keep me up at night. I want you to know that uh, I'm more than happy to edit in the Connor Corner theme, if you would like, Tiz. No, I, I think we're all right. But the, the thing is, though, the thing is, we were about to see him unleashed in the midfield and all of a sudden midfield trots out their best performance of the year. Now, I'm not saying that they're worried, but connect the dots. In the immortal words of the Beastie Boys, I'm telling you all it's sabotage. <laughs> they're out to get him your boy Connor Nash look Clarko did intimate pre-game that it was their intention to play him in the midfield I'd still like to see it why not I reckon it threw Goodwin completely the whole Melbourne football club just had their game plan destroyed without Nash in that side. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm sure the midfield combination of Mitchell, no, no, no. O'Meara... Doesn't need any more. Doesn't need any more sauce. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's my theory. 
We'll get to some uh, other miscellaneous questions now. Nick Higginbottom asks, on assistant coaches, which ones would you like to see stick around for the Mitchell era? Which ones would you poach from rivals? And which ones need to move on at the end of this season? Speaking of the midfield, Brendan Bolton is the one that I'd probably have in the crosshairs. I was hoping that Mitchell could uh, bring in some some new cattle, maybe from, from West Coast. Uh, I know he's midfield coach over there, but they have... They have some very good forward line movement. They have some very good defensive movement. We saw it this year. They had practically kids playing in defence and they were excellent. So, you know, we just need to start pulling some IP from other places. And he's got to build his own team around him. But that'll, that's a while off yet, Nick. Don't jump the gun. Uh, Dino asks, uh, who are our three tools at both ends by the end of next season? Uh, a related question from Anthony here as a follow-up. Uh, where do you see Callow playing in the future? It looks like they're keen to play Lewis, Jekka and Cozzy forward. Does Callow need to go back or just bide his time? That's a weird thing. Like, Callow's a... Callow can play defence, but he's a natural forward. Cozzy can play defence too, but he's a natural forward. When do we see... When do we see DGB at full forward? <laughs> <laughs> He'd fly for a mark and instinctively spoil it. <laughs> He'd rush it through. I saw I saw Cosley do that the other week. He was quite good. He was out of position on the wing. He just pumped it over the boundary line. Very nice. Um, we're going to do a, a big wrap of the list closer to the end of the year, aren't we? With a couple of rounds to go. Yeah. And then uh, a full post-mortem of the season that entails where... Mitchell might be looking to change this list with Clarko's assistance, obviously. Obviously, it is obviously. Um, back on this question, I don't think that that trio of Lewis, Jecker, and Cosy is anywhere near set in stone yet. I think uh, that'll really begin to take shape over the next eighteen months. I think that'll be exciting. That's definitely part of this rebuild. Is that is that project? I think the Ford line's been a project for a while, but it hasn't looked as promising as this for a while. I think we're getting somewhere. All I ask is that Reeves, Lewis, Jacker, and Cozzy can all mark on the wing and distribute. Completely fair. Because we've lacked that for a long time. Um, and if they can't do that, Callow's your man, because I know he can. <laughs> I think Jacker can do it. From the stuff I've seen at Box Hill, I think he can definitely play that role. So I'm excited for him when he gets back in the side. This question from Callum. Uh, Hawks have been linked so far to Lobb, Schultz, and Max Lynch. Who would you want? Now, have you heard anything about Lobb? This is news to me. No, I hadn't heard about Lobb, but if you play a bloke into form as well as we do, <laughs> you know, you're going to be impressed by Lobb. I don't think he plays anywhere near as well until he plays Hawthorne. And then he's taking marks everywhere and kicking goals straight. And, you know, he's been at GWS, now Frio. I think we had a crack at him. We are looking for another ruck, which is why Max Lynch is here as well. You know, he's the understudy to to Collingwood's great ruckman who's on a seven-year contract at about 800K. <laughs> Forget his name now because he's not he's not altogether that good. What, oh. what is it again? Uh, Brody something. Brody Grundy. <laughs> Such disrespect. <laughs> well, he hasn't had the best year. Signs an enormous contract, fronts up, and Max Lynch makes him look, you know, not that great. And Schultz is a Frio small forward, is he not? That's correct, yeah. So we're having a look at uh, Frio's stocks and we, we might rate him. I will say about Lobb, I do believe that he's their leading goal kicker. He has their best season average, Lobb, for, for goals a game. Okay. 
So, I don't know. I, I'm obviously aware that Hawthorne does have a tendency to play him into form, but he, he's not a flash-in-the-pan forward. I think he's been very serviceable for Freo this season. Uh, Schultz has done all right for them as well. I think out of those three, the one I'm most interested in is Max Lynch, looking at our ruck situation. He's the one that stands out for me. Yep, that's what I've been looking at. An easy pickup, goes straight into the ruck. Fantastic. Lynch and Reeves. Lynch and Reeves. That would be the future, right there. Now, I reckon that'll be it, Tiz. All right. Well, I'll just sign off on the copy here for this uh, in my Will Day Design notebook. Redbubble.com. Search Hawk Talk Podcast to find all our merch there. Anyway, it's enough of that. Uh, we need to get on some other plugs, though, so we can wrap up. Uh, have you rated and reviewed our show on Apple Podcasts? That is the question. If you enjoy what we do, you can spread the word, jump on and write a nice thing, and get some fellow Hawks fans listening to our show. As these fine people have done, we heard from Rebounding Defender, who said, In a new era of re-stumping at Hawthorne, this pod is a one-stop shop. I love listening each week. Thanks for all your time and effort, boys. Well, thank you, Rebounding Defender. And uh, Tiz, you want to take this next one? It's Shane at Hawks Forever. Absolutely love your podcast, boys. So informative and entertaining. Your passion and in-depth knowledge of everything Hawthorne is a must-listen each week. The fact that you are both happy to give honest assessments and summaries of our players and the team without rose-coloured spin is brilliant. Keep up the great work and go Hawks. Couple of five-star reviews there. So we thank you so much, Rebounding Defender and Shane at Hawks Forever. So very kind of you. Thanks for that. Uh, you can find us on Twitter as well, at Hawk Talk Pod, surging towards 2,800 followers. Get on board and join the banter. You can do so quite literally. Twitter spaces, pre-match, halftime, post-match, talking all things Hawthorne, Adelaide. Jump on there. It's Hawk Talk back. That's what we're doing this Saturday night. You can join us over on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod, and Instagram, simply search Hawk Talk Podcast. And lastly, of course... If you want to support what we do and score access to some sweet bonus content, you can do exactly that by becoming a subscriber. All you've got to do is head to our Patreon page for all the details, patreon.com slash hawktalkpod, and we're recording a brand new bonus episode this weekend, so have a look out for that. So Hawthorne, by uh, how much, Nick? <laughs> oh, you're being that bold. Hey, we uh, we just drew with the ladder leaders, now we're playing... Adelaide, who are basically level with us, so... How are Adelaide doing? Are they limping to the end of the season, or what are they looking like? So last week they played the Eagles, and they got pumped by 42 points. The week before, they got pumped by Essendon by 63 points. The week before that, they got pumped by Brisbane by 52 points. And the week before that was just after their bye and they lost to Carlton by 10 points. Okay, so they're experiencing a bit of a downward spiral at this point. They are. They, they definitely are. Look, they're certainly gettable in that case. And I, for one, back us in. After the endeavour that I saw uh, against Melbourne, I know they're not going to bring that every week. This is a young and developing side. They're going to be inconsistent. But uh, I want to live on the bright side of life. I want to be optimistic and say that we're a very good chance here and uh, we could just walk away with the four points. And go to 15th. Yay! Uh, well, when you put it like that, it kind of takes the gloss off it a bit. <laughs> uh, anyway. It's good to be winning again. Well, actually, we drew. But my goodness, it's the closest I've felt any draw being a win. That was fun. It was fun. I think it was especially fun for you being that it was Melbourne. Have you ever attended a draw? I hadn't thought about that. I don't think I've attended a live draw. I attended the one with uh, St Kilda at Marvel. Oh, Maybe I would have been at that Marvel game. I just don't remember it. I know exactly the one you're talking about. And then we had one against GWS a few years ago, but that was in Tassie, I wasn't there. We well, can thank Will Langford for that one. Oh, loved that. 
Absolutely loved it. What is it with Will Langford and those kicks? <laughs> I mean, there was the one in the 2014 Grand Final, which is insane. You could never repeat that. Time and a place, Nick. Time and a place. And both were critical. That'll be it for us this week on the Hawk Talk Podcast. We'll be back to recap the game against Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.